What's up, guys? This is Corey here. I've got a Treehouse Brewery beverage uh, yet again, the Curiosity 77. Hey, how we doing? This is Tom. I have a little single-cut chocolate milk stout uh, tonight. It's uh, Eric Moore Cowbell, please. We are Top Shelf Fantasy Podcast 34. I think, or 35, 34. (laughs) Um, You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Google Play, Apple iTunes, uh, your mother's cassette player, (laughs) uh, topshelffantasy.com. we got a podcast player over there. Listen, if if you're listening to us, wherever you are, let us know. What's most important is you go on to Twitter and Instagram. You follow us at Top Shelf FNTSY. It's the best way that we can get in touch with you. You can get in touch with us. We can answer your questions on the podcasts, right on those social medias. Um, this week we'll be talking about Hold'em Fold'ems, the trade deadline that was so highly hyped and nothing happened. Um, and we have some confidence boost stuff and uh, our biggest letdown. So this might be a quick one. We have no Scotty. We have no Craig. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Drinking yeah. formula somewhere. Or yeah. Something. Sometimes <laughs> life gets in the way here. But I did want to shout out quickly about our social media stuff. Please feel free to reach out to us. I, it, obviously, it's encouraged. But when you hit like Friday, Saturday, even Sunday morning, we're looking at it, waiting for you guys to ask us questions. If you really have a concern about your specific lineup, your specific roster, please by all means let us know. We're here to give advice the best, you know, to the best of our abilities. And all week long, if you want trade advice, we've got a few guys that hit us up regularly. But uh, please, everybody's welcome to do it. Yeah, absolutely. We make ourselves available as much as possible. Um, so real quick, uh, four teams on by this week. We got Falcons, Rams, Saints, Bengals. Um, there's a lot of fantasy players on those teams, so we'll we'll talk about some some players that we feel you could probably cut off from your roster to make up for those. Um, no sense of holding on to them or, or to hold on to them. Next week's bye week hell. I think there's like eight teams on by then. Yeah. Um, so we'll get to that next week. But we're really kind of gearing up for week 10, which is interesting because that's a lot of teams trade deadline. So you have to, between now and week 10, decide, am I, go- am I making a playoff run? Exactly. And to go along with those bye weeks coming up, you're always going to want to be aware of bye weeks. But specifically with so many teams on bye next week, you may be looking to make waiver pickups this week to help you out in the future. Because if you can stash a player for a week and make up a little bit of ground, it helps you um, big time just to plan, you know, plan ahead and don't live week to week. Yeah, absolutely. That being said, you want to hop into some of the news of some of the uh, actual players that moved around this week? Yeah, so the first one, we'll talk about Kenny Drake. Kenny Drake goes over to the Arizona Cardinals after the news of uh, David Johnson. Uh, his injury, Chase Edmonds coming up with a hamstring. Both of them didn't practice today. They play on Thursday night. So Kenny Drake honestly feels like a one-week rental for the Arizona Cardinals where they're basically sitting there saying, hey, we need to go get a back. Uh, let's throw a six-round pick at Kenny Drake and see if we can get him. Yeah, and I mean, if he goes out and performs well he might carve out a couple carries here and there but I mean maybe a backup role to David Johnson David Johnson I think they said already it's going to be a game time decision at best so good luck to him if he even plays he might give you another two snaps and then a sit Kenyon Drake should be heavily involved this week but going forward you should see David Johnson return to his lead role back with Chase Edmonds sideline for a few weeks it looks like uh, I think those are the preliminary reports like three four five weeks so who knows what value he's going to hold once DJ comes back but he's 
I don't know. He's in for a lot of work, but who knows what he's going to do. He still has the San Francisco 49er defense who has been stout. Milk right. stout. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the thing. It's a, it's a negative, it's a negative matchup on a very short week for Kenyon Drake to even learn the playbook. And honestly, the, the Arizona Cardinals are in a position to, you know, make the playoffs and compete. Uh, in that wild card spot. So I don't think that they're going to be going out there with a game plan of giving it to a guy who's been on the team for three weeks. Then net the, the following week, David Johnson has another 10 days to go and get healthy. The Kenyon Drake trade to me just doesn't make sense. Um, I, I know that they were RB needy. Like, yeah, if something happens to Al for if game script, you know, they're up by 50 points or so. And, they have to just run the ball out. It makes sense that way, but I think their game plan is going to be through there. I mean, it has to be. So yeah. if you picked up Kenny Drake, you know, I think he's a worthy stash. No way am I playing him. Yeah, you play him under the most dire of circumstances, like probably if your running backs are Devontae Freeman, Alvin Kamara, Todd Gurley, and Joe Mixon. Right. <laughs> That's really about it. Yeah. Um, so... I mean, like you said, the the attack is probably through the air. Um, the one thing that we've seen through from Kenyon Drake, though, is that he is a you know pretty talented pass catcher. He can make that work. Alfred Morris, not so much. He catches passes, I think, out of necessity, but he hasn't really played meaningful NFL downs in a while. So he's probably not your safety check down. Kenyon Drake might be in line for some of that work. But again, I'm looking for Christian Kirk, Larry Fitz, uh, whoever's yeah. playing tight end for them nowadays. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Yeah, to Darren, be honest. Yeah, who knows? I don't know if it matters. Irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> but Kyler Murray she might. I mean, I don't know. Again, they play San Francisco, so I mean that's the, that's the other piece to this whole thing is they have a good mat, uh, bad matchup. Yep. Um. So on the flip side of that is what do we do with the Miami backfield? We've been very adamant all season long that nobody in Miami is really worth rostering. Um, Devonte Parker's shown signs of life. Um, you know, Fitz magic has shown that he could potentially be a QB streamer again in the most dire of situations. Uh, Mark Walton, Kalen Balazs. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of people run out to the waiver wire to go add Mark Walton or Kalen Balazs if they're not on teams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, th- these come down to one of those, like if you watch the games, you're not impressed by these guys. Mark Walton is not an impressive running back by any stretch of the imagination. And Kalen Bellage looks bad. Yep. He has dropped easy, just absolute give me, give me passes. And that's, that's a huge thing in the NFL nowadays. He can't pick up blitzes and he can't catch passes. So what's your value? Are you in between the tackles? No, you're undersized for that. And you're not Austin Eckler. So <laughs> I don't know what value he holds. And like you said, I've seen people scrambling I've seen people trade for these guys. I've seen people scramble to pick them up off the waiver wire. It doesn't make sense to me. They don't have a ton of value. Now, if one of them goes out and puts up 20, 30 points, I'll, I'll, I'll say, okay, he did it once. Now let me see him do it again. I want to see these guys do it once, twice, three times before I'm even trusting them in a lineup. Um, I mean, unless, again, it's an absolute necessity and you're missing your four starting running backs this week, these guys aren't relevant. Yep, I agree with that. Um, and so let's just hit on... Some players that didn't move. Yeah. Um, but we're a bit concerned about how the team views them. Yeah. So you naturally have, I mean, top of the list, Melvin Gordon. He held out. He didn't move at all. And he hasn't really produced. So you, you start to think if there were talks about it, if 
maybe San Diego wasn't so tied to him, they might have let him go for less. On the flip side, they're still shopping him, so maybe they don't really intend to sign him long term, or at least keep him around long term. Big, big question mark there. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm. If I'm a Melv owner, I'm concerned to say the least. But at least you know he's staying. He's staying pat for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, he'll be with the Chargers, and regardless of this, you know, they were shopping uh, Melvin Gordon. I mean, he, he wasn't even producing. <laughs> and Austin Eckler yeah. looks like the far superior back. So Melvin Gordon owners are in a really sticky situation because you have a back who's underperforming and isn't necessarily even wanted by the team. So what do you do with him? Yeah, like, you, you, you kind of have to play him just because of that upside. But at the same time, it's like... You're losing out on, you know, you could be losing weeks because you're obligated to start Melvin Gordon. Yeah, exactly. And you saw Austin Eckler perform week in and week out. And then Melvin Gordon comes back and they go back to a split, you know, divisional labor committee, whatever you want to call it. And both of them have suffered and not really produced. I want to see them just sit one of these guys and say, here's your game. Go out and prove it. Earn your spot. We're going to roll one running back. And I don't know why they don't if they don't plan on keeping Melv. Run him into the ground. You're, like, you're not losing yourself any any sleepover over an injury because you're not really planning on keeping this guy long term. And you've proven you're not, you don't want to trade him. So right. I don't know. Get off I, yeah, I don't know what's going on with the San Diego Chargers organization. If you guys need a GM, I'm available. I'll work I mean, for they, cheap. They also did fire um, who the OC there, Ken Wisenhunt. So, I mean, there's a there's – a, or was he the head coach? I don't no, know. Anthony Lynn's the uh, head Anthony coach. Anthony Lynn's right? the head coach. They fired Wizenhunt. So, lots going on over there. Um, Devontae Freeman was in talks um, about being traded. And this one didn't seem like there was much steam behind it. Mm. But it's interesting on a Falcons team that's, what, 2-6. and six, They're looking to move their starting running back. Their quarterback's hurt. And their backup running back is still hurt. And, they're in, and um, yeah, Ito's still hurt. So it's Brian Hill. I mean, luckily they're on a bye, so hopefully they all come back. But again, this is an Atlanta Falcons team that expected to be winning that division. They're two and six, and they're talking about shopping their running back. The future's bleak right now, I would think, for the Atlanta Falcons. And I think even for the season with Freeman, he's he has not performed the way that you would expect Devontae Freeman to have performed. And if they're talking about trading him or moving on from Devontae Freeman, Brian Hill's a guy to start watching and saying, well, if they're going to play for the future, if they're going to look forward, why would you keep pounding the rock with a guy who's averaging under four yards a carry? Like, yeah, granted, he's got good fantasy numbers because he's catching the ball and he's getting touchdowns, but that, that doesn't... <laughs> It doesn't mean anything for an NFL running back. Yeah, he's outside of RB1 status. I think he's like 16, 17 on the year. Um, And maybe, you know, we're not at practice every day. You don't know if this Brian Hill character is showing up day in, day out, one of those lunch pail kind of guys. And, you know, just running hard, you know, no frills about him. He's just here to work. Maybe they like that. You know, there's something about the guy that we don't know that they like in Atlanta. And they say, listen, we can lose Devontae if we get the right return. And there are teams out there that are running back needy. You look at the Lions, you look at the Texans, you look at, uh, well, I was going to say the Dolphins, but they don't care if they lose, so that's kind of irrelevant. Um, there are teams out, the point is there are teams out there that could use a Devontae Freeman effectively that still weren't willing to make a trade for him. So either that kind of says the Falcons probably asking too, uh, for too much in return, 
or they're actually not really willing to trade them. They were just kind of gauging the market maybe for the future. But in any case, I was interested to hear his name even toss out there. And then as soon as I heard it tossed out there, I was more interested when he didn't move. You know, right. it's the second you put that news out there for your starting running back who's been there for years, you kind of, at the very least, you rub Devontae Freeman the wrong, the wrong way. So interesting to see how this situation unfolds. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, moving forward, it's yeah. going to be interesting. And then moving on to our next guy is an even more interesting situation. Uh, Trent Williams, he hasn't played a down this year. and It doesn't look like promising that he's going to. He yeah. did report for his physical and then promptly failed it. Um, for a helmet issue. It seems like he passed all of his actual physical requirements and then said his helmet couldn't get comfortable. I didn't know you could fail he, a physical for that, but apparently you can. Well, he so his surgery was on his head. Right. So, so he can't, So he was in pain when he put it on. So the doctors were like, well, yeah, I mean, we can't put you out there if you're in pain with the helmet. So it's it, it's interesting because I don't think the NFL has any, ever seen a procedure that Trent Williams has gone through and then had him pass the physical but fail putting on a piece of equipment. Yeah. Um, and and I know this, he's not a fantasy player, but this this has a direct correlation into Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson. They would be far superior if Trent Williams is on the team. Yeah, I Trent mean, Williams is a an absolute game changer on the offensive line. Right. So um, I think, and I think... For me, I wanted to bring it up because I know that a lot of people saw that he reported to camp, but understand what that actually means. They said he reported to camp, but he didn't practice. He didn't practice because he failed the physical because he was in pain putting the helmet on. So the guy's in shape to play. He's just in pain. The, the team can't risk the liability. But if he ends up on the field, I would I would be trying to buy shares, I think, of Adrian Peterson or Darius Geis. I don't think Darius Geis is coming back. That's a conversation for another time. Um, but you can, you can go ahead and buy some of those guys and just on, based on volume, they're going to be good running back. So, um, yeah. but he's not on the field right now. So you saw that he returned to the practice field. Just know he's not actually there. Cause there was, there was a lot of conflicting reports out there. Yep. Um, Jordan Howard, he didn't end up going anywhere. I'll just run through a couple other names real quick. So Jordan Howard, uh, was mentioned in trade talks. And this is coming off of a big Miles Sanders um, game. Jordan Howard was uh, signed prior to Miles Sanders being drafted. So the Eagles have really no ties to Jordan Howard. I mean, it's a one-year rental. Yep, exactly. And if they can get something for him. So that that makes sense that his name was floated out there. A.J. Green. eh, Seems like he gets shopped every year. I mean, you hear about him at the trade deadline every year. He's going to go play for a winner. He's a veteran. He wants to see the Super Bowl. And then everybody starts talking about going to the Pats, and I get all excited. <laughs> but uh, nothing happened. Nothing ever happens. He should be back actually playing next week, which is big, but we'll talk about that later. Yep. Um, another big, big name was Lev Bell. He just signed a huge contract to play for the Jets, and then they shopped him. So uh, Lev Bell has not been one to shy away from his opinions on things, so I'm hoping that he'll come out with a statement in the next few days about the situation. But uh, in any case, he's there for the time being. Um, he's going to play – the rest of the year he's going to hopefully return to Lev Bell status but he's still running behind the Jets offensive line and the fact that they're shopping him might indicate the fact well let me group in his teammate here too and kind of jump the gun but they are also shopping Robbie Anderson they're shopping Jamal Adams they're shopping everybody on the team that has value and that is very troublesome if they're going to head in a tanking type direction they 
have the Patriots and the Bills in the division who have been very powerful and very impressive this year. Maybe they're just at the point where they're thinking, this is not the year for us. Let's tank a little bit, lose some games, get a better draft pick. The problem is I don't see how losing Lev Bell, Robbie Anderson, or Jamal Adams helps the team. No, I mean, and you have a young quarterback. So why take weapons away from him? I I know that Geis sits there and says, you know, he, he... Geis has been very vocal that he did not want to sign Le'Veon Bell to that big contract. Gase. Gase. What was I saying? You you got Darius Geis on the mind. Adam, yeah, Adam Gase has been very uh, open to not wanting Le'Veon Bell or not wanting that contract. But honestly, Le'Veon Bell is one of the best running backs in the league. And yes, he's not putting up Le'Veon Bell type of numbers like he did in Pittsburgh. But he's still Lev Bell. I mean, even when you still watch him, he's still that patient runner. I don't think that offensive line is conducive to the way that he runs the ball. So clearly there's going to be some regression there. Um, but, yeah, trading away weapons is never good. I did just look at his Twitter. He did make a couple tweets oh, nice. out there. He <laughs> said, you know, patience is key. Let's do it in New York. So, I mean, I think he's still very much bought into this. And to be honest, I mean, Lev Bell... He is so. I mean, when you listen to you know his his uh, interviews about why he left Pittsburgh, why he didn't like Big Ben, like he always felt like he was being talked down to, and it wasn't a team thing. Yep, Love Bell's kind of the veteran on that team. You oh, know? for like, sure. Everybody's very young, so I'm sure that he 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 enjoys that. You know, I'm 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 the older NFL player on the team. Or on the so, offense, anyway. And one one thing about the offensive lines that we talked about briefly there. And how we talked about Trent Williams being a game changer. His starting left guard, Kalechi Osemele, is now cut from the team. After a dispute over an injury, Kalechi wanted to have surgery on a torn labrum for the past three weeks. The Jets told him to gut it out and play. He went and had the surgery anyways, and they cut him. So they're starting a new left guard. (laughs) They're going to start a new left guard. And Osemele was a pro bowler for multiple years when he was on the Raiders. So you're losing... Losing some talent, but maybe you're plugging in some healthy talent. It'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. Uh, the Jets are always good for a few that's, interesting stories like brutal. that. Yeah. I, I I swear to God, that's that's what happened with uh, Andrew Luck in the in the Colts. He was oh, like, yeah. "Listen, I want to go have the." And Ursay was like, "No, I'm going to cut you." And he's, like, "No, I'm going to retire." Really, yeah, I'm retired. Um, so yeah, so trade deadline, nothing happened. Nobody went anywhere. Kenny and Drake moved, but nothing happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nothing happened. Probably one of the more boring uh, trade deadlines in in recent memory, especially for how much was hyped to happen. Right, and that's the thing. Like it, there, there was so much hype about so many players that could possibly move, and it would have changed the the fantasy dynamic. Yeah, Cra- I mean, people were trading for Melvin Gordon just because they thought he was going to be traded. People were trading for AJ Green because they thought he was going to be traded. Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, I know Emmanuel Sanders got traded. You know, prior to the deadline, way prior to the deadline, but it was just this. It it this felt like nothing before, where people were actively trying to get people, you know, players who were in trade rumors, yeah, just because their landing spots would have been too good. Oh, if you could have got Lev Bell to go to the Lions, yeah, I would have the Bills or anywhere Houston. Yep, I would have sold some pieces for that. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so nothing happened. so you don't have to spend an hour and a half now <laughs> trying to figure out what happened. A um, couple situ- uh, couple injuries. Tom Brady is questionable, and we bring it up because Corey's got a fun story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just got the notification. I've got Tom Brady on one of my Yahoo teams, and it comes up like uh, his status has changed from healthy to questionable. I open it up, 
And Yahoo's advice literally just says to me, does it even matter? And that's like, okay, cool. Tom Brady questionable. Everybody's on the same page. Even everybody that's reporting at this point, it's a non-issue. He's questionable every year with something or other. And he's always fine. He always cuts it out. He always plays. Whether he's actually hurt or not, I don't even know. But he's always on the field. No, nothing to even worry about. If Tom Brady's a quarterback, you're rolling him. Yeah, exactly. And I think this is a good time of the year to bring up what some of this stuff means. A questionable designation means that player's going to play. Like, it the the NFL diminished what the injury reports are, right? Because they got rid of probable, and it's just now questionable or doubtful. So it's you're in or you're out is the way you look. So a lot of teams treat Wednesday as a veteran's day off. So when you get that update, oh, so-and-so didn't practice today, it's likely because it's a maintenance day. Yeah, They're a veteran. It's just they have that day as, off. As long as you see questionable and, like, limited – He's playing on Wednesday. You get to Thursday, he's limited. You might want to keep an eye on Friday. Friday's the important day to look for with the new designations. If he's questionable and limited on Friday, you're in some jeopardy. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at game time decision there. So this is, I mean, this is the part of the season where pretty much every player has been questionable at one point or is currently questionable. So you as a fantasy owner have to be active in, in knowing what your players are doing throughout the week. So you can't be that guy that goes, oh, cool, I checked it for waivers. I'll pick it up on Sunday morning at noon and figure out what's going on. Like yep. You cannot be that guy. Yeah, because you should be making moves post-waivers in your league's free agency period if you have that. Because those are the guys that you can pick up for free. Oh, yeah. There's no FAB budget. You can pick them up instantly. There's no waiver priority lost. You're just picking guys up left and right. I do it all the time. It's fantastic. Yeah, and, and always look at who your league mates drop because yeah. one man's trash is another man's treasure. Unless you have a transaction limit, then maybe you know, some, some leagues have that. If you have a transaction limit, you should talk to your commissioner. Yeah, email your uh, state rep because that's <laughs> Email stupid. your state rep. <laughs> um, Connor, James Connor, um, he... Suffered a shoulder injury. It's near and dear to your heart. It's an AC injury. Yeah, it was an AC injury. He was in a sling. Um, It sounds like he's not going to need... There's so many different degrees of like an AC sprain, a separation. It sounds like this is a pretty mild case of it. Um, So he might be back on the field. We're not really sure. He is somebody that, again, you monitor what he does throughout the week. Everybody's rushing to the waiver wire to go and get Jalen Samuels. I personally think Jalen Samuels is a legitimate pickup. I do not think he's a league winner. So I would not be dropping $45, $48, $52 on Jalen Samuels because we don't know what Connor's status is currently. If we knew Connor like completely blew it out and he needed surgery and this, that, and the other thing, yeah, sure, blow your load on Jalen Samuels. But we don't know that yet. So it's a little premature to do that. I mean, I know a lot of people have already blown their load, but um, for those of you whose waiver is clear on Thursday, um, this podcast probably be too late. Um, do you have anything you want to add to that? No, I agree with you pretty much wholeheartedly, so we're good. All right, cool. And Finley and the Bengals, do we want to chat about that real quick? Yeah, I just want to toss it out there. Um, they, I mean, Andy Dalton got benched. Finley's going to be the starter. Uh, they're on a bye this week, so he's not a huge target, but... We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, he's got some weapons around him. You see, see what the kid can do. That's really it. Just something to monitor, stash for the future. Yeah. Um, it would. I mean, what does that do for the rest of the Bengals? Like, do we? 
Yeah, so I'm interested to see because they drafted this kid. He's now tied to this quarterback. I mean, sorry, this quarterback is now tied to this head coach. So you might see some more investment than the uh, the, the inherited Andy Dalton. He was highly touted uh, as far as, you know, late round quarterbacks go. Um, but he allegedly has some talent. They've been talking about him since, since camp pushing Dalton for the job. I don't know. I haven't seen the kid play a ton. I nobody's seen him play in the NFL, so uh, I would look for him to take some shots. He doesn't really have much to lose. The most he can do is return to a backup role. So you know, why not go out there and sling it? I think you see a lot of these kids come in late in the season for a team that's kind of out of contention. They've got nothing to lose. He should have AJ Green back as well, which is a big bump. Tyler Eifert stuck around through free agency and and it could be just like a little shot of adrenaline to the rest of the team too like there could be a little bit of excitement a little hey let's 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 get behind the kid because Andy Dalton (laughs) red rifle just (laughs) old and stale and here comes Ryan Finley I mean we don't know what's going on we don't know you know maybe everybody is excited about it but I also don't think this is a situation in which you want to start buying into crazily I think if you can take Ryan Finley on a dart throw on a stash, if you have a deep bench, pick him up because I mean he he could very easily come in and be a top twelve quarterback um, with AJ Green. Joe Mixon comes back and he's Joe Mixon. Tyler Boyd's there. I mean he has the weapons to succeed. Um, it's just can the Bengals actually succeed? So we'll see what Zach Taylor can can yeah, do. Exactly. This is the equivalent of uh, changing the goalie in hockey. You know, you hope for a shot of adrenaline and see what happens. Yep. Um, all right, so on to hold them and fold them. Uh, our <laughs> our first three quarterbacks are such like cop outs. I think <laughs> these are very easy ones to answer. Uh, Kyler Murray, we're we gonna hold them, fold them. I'm gonna hold them. Yeah, I'm I'm 100 holding him. I know uh, the argument is he's got a couple bum performances the past couple weeks, but he's still a top quarterback. He's in an offense that throws the ball a lot. He has to be a hold. You don't drop him unless it's an absolute necessity and you have a solid replacement for him. So the thing is, if you're carrying somebody in addition to Kyler Murray, they're probably better than him because you probably got Kyler Murray pretty late. So I don't know. He, he's just a hold for me. You're going to hold him and make, see if he comes back and you're playing matchup on matchup every single week. Yeah, I mean – you have to hold the kid. I mean, he's got he's got top ten potential every week. I mean, does he finish there at the end of the year? Probably not. But does he have the potential every week to finish as a top ten quarterback? Absolutely. Well, the thing is, he's he he's that. putting up his numbers without throwing a ton of touchdowns. Right. If he could find yeah. the end zone more, then his stats are gonna fly. Yeah. So why not keep him and hope that that happens? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think Kyler Murray is a very very strong hold. Uh, Andy Dalton. Yeah, so Andy Dalton got benched, so I don't know why he's on here. So I threw this out here. Um, oh, you did. This. I did. Yeah, because uh, I'm still holding Andy, Andy Dalton. As much as I like Ryan Finley, and I think he's probably going to be okay and probably do some good things, I don't know for sure at this point that it's his team. If he goes out there and throws four picks, and he, uh, you know, Nathan Peterman's it, we might see Andy Dalton this week. You know, I'm not convinced that it's his team going forward. I could be wrong. But if he goes out and just looks like absolute trash, Andy Dalton's going to be right back in it. Now, is Andy Dalton a startable quarterback in your league? No, but if you're rostering him, which is the question, and hold him and fold him, you're still going to hold him because for some reason you don't have another quarterback at this point. Yeah, and and it looks like this has a preference of in a 2QB league too. Specifically in a 2QB right. league, you're not going to drop him because in there you need him. 
He, right. You know, if if Ryan Finley falls by the wayside in one week, then you are going to be upset if you lost a starting quarterback on a team that's returning AJ Green. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and this is another knee jerk. Uh, you know, make make sure you're looking at who your league mates are dropping because somebody could have seen the news and been like, "Up, oh, yeah, I'm going to drop Andy Dalton." And it's like. Who's to say Ryan Philly's not going to come in and just shit his pants, and then, boom, here comes Andy Dalton with A.J. Green back. Yeah, and if you see Andy Dalton out there, I'd grab him on waivers for $0 if you can yeah. get him. You know, I wouldn't spend a single fab dollar on him, but I would grab him yeah, if you, you have the space. Yeah, um, I'm folding him. I personally, I personally want nothing to do with him. Yeah, I just want to talk about that because— me, but it's but it's a good discussion to have. Yeah, because the arguments are, are there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kyle Allen— did you add this one too? No, this okay. is not me. I think this is either Scott or Craig. Um, Kyle Allen in a one quarterback league shouldn't be rostered, but if he is, you can you can let him go. Um, if you're in a two QB league, you can also <laughs> let him go. I this one's tough for me only because we don't know when Cam's coming back. Yeah, the uncertainty makes this one a good person yeah. to talk about. Yeah. Because if Cam comes back, you think that it's his team. At least I very much think that it's his team. The oh. second he's healthy, they'll plug him back in. And I agree with that. So I, I agree when Cam's healthy and he's on the field and ready to go, it's Cam's team. I think the argument people are making is that he has Kyle Allen has won games while he's in there, minus to San Francisco, who is a fantastic team. Right. So... And is Cam even healthy? Yeah. I, mean, that's the, that's I the don't know question. the severity of Cam Newton's injury. So I'm not going to fold him in the sense that I need a starting quarterback. But if you're starting Kyle Allen, your team has significant issues. He's 8% owned for a reason. You need to pick up. There are better streaming quarterbacks week in and week out. Even in a 14-team, 16-team league, you could find a better quarterback. There are 32 teams in the NFL. All of them have a starting quarterback. Exactly. Kyle Allen should be (laughs) below 25 in your rankings. Yeah, unless unless you're playing him strictly on matchup and you're going to keep him around. But even then, he goes San Francisco, Tennessee, Green Bay, Atlanta. So you could play him against Atlanta maybe if he's still there, if Cam's still hurt. That's your best bet. So... Yeah, I think he's a fold. He's, I, I think, think I think ultimately he's a fold. I think I've yeah. talked myself into a yeah. fold here. Um, all right, so let's move over to the running backs. Um, LaShawn McCoy. So I put this one on here just because I wanted to have this debate, and unfortunately, Scotty's not here. Um, I I'm a hold on Shady. Yeah, I'm also a hold on Shady. I know there were some talks about players going there in uh you know before the deadline. Uh, sorry, trade deadline. And those didn't come to fruition. So it's still Shady and the Williams sisters heading up that backfield. So for me, you can't cut a starting running back. I mean, a guy on an offense that's still very talented, um, only going to get better with the return of Patrick Mahomes looming probably this week, maybe next week at most. He's he's a hold for me. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> a couple Scotty, fumbles don't make you a cut. Scotty has him as a fold. And not only a fold, he says he's going to be a healthy, or don't be surprised if he's a healthy scratch in the next week or so. I'm going to say this again. Andy Reid and LaShawn McCoy have been on the same team before. Andy Reid knows how LaShawn McCoy runs. LaShawn McCoy does fumble the ball because of the way that he runs the football. 
If you watch, he runs it like a '90s cornerback returning a pick. It's it's ridiculous. I don't know why he runs like that, but he does. I mean, he's a phenomenal runner. And if you saw the fumble, I mean, you would understand why Shady fumbled the ball. Yeah. The 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 bigger issue for me and why this is a good debate is because the second he fumbled, he never saw the field again. He, yep. he didn't see a touch. Damien uh, Damien Williams got the touchdown. Here's my argument. Damien Williams didn't see a touch until Shady fumbled. Yeah. It was all Daryl Williams. So I have a hard time thinking that all of a sudden Damien Williams is all just going to take LaShawn McCoy's workload. Over one fumble, I don't see it happening. For Scotty's prediction to come through that he's a healthy scratch, he's going to have to go out and fumble again and then fumble again probably two to three more times, and then he might be a healthy scratch. Yeah. Wish he, I wish Scotty was here to argue with us. Yeah, and, and I'm sure we will actually get into this the next time Scotty's on because Scotty and I go back and forth about Shady <laughs> and Damian. I, I don't. I think every other week he's been Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy, Damian well, Williams. We will McCoy. undoubtedly talk about the Kansas City running backs on the next podcast in uh, Stardom Sit'em. Yeah, ab- absolutely. We do every week. Yes, <laughs> we will. Um, all right, so J.D. McKissick, Ty Johnson. Um they are both holds for me. Um, Trey Carson, yeah, he got some touches, um, but he was 12 for 32. So all of you, who all 100,000 of you that are going to rush out to go get Trey Carson, understand that he did bad yeah. when he was given the ball. He did very bad. And again, like you said, McKissick and Johnson are both holds for me as well, especially because of what you likely spent on them in uh, your fab budget. Give the kid two weeks. It's his first weekend. He didn't see a ton of work. Maybe if you, if I have uh, Trey Carson as well, I'm going to hold him. He did bad, but I'm going to hold him and see what he does in the future. If you have any of these running backs in Detroit, it's similar to KC. You don't know which guy is going to pop off week in and week out. Wait until you know two, three weeks for them to give a clear indication who the guy they like is. Matt Patricia probably doesn't even know who these guys are. He's like, I thought you were on the practice squad last week, and they were. So give them a couple weeks to sort it out. Uh, Trey Carson didn't look like a world beater by any means. McKissick was irrelevant. I think he caught two passes, and he made some decent yardage off those. I think he made like 30 yards on two catches. So maybe he's going to catch some passes. But Ty Johnson had almost nothing either. So, you know, you got to hold them and see if somebody can show up. But right now, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's it's bleak. I mean, yeah, it's bleak. There we if go. you're if you're holding them, you don't feel good about it. But let's bleak. put things in perspective. Like a big situation, you next week you're losing eight teams. You're losing eight NFL rosters, or you even might be more than that. Um, that you can't play guys for to fold a Lashawn McCoy, to fold a JD Kissick, to fold a Ty Johnson, to fold anybody who has a potential at. Um, being on a football field at the running back position is is just too clutch to let go right now. McKissick was on the field even when Carrion um, was healthy. Just a quick point. I looked it up. We're losing six teams next week. Okay. I know we, we, we've been talking about this apocalypse for a while. It, I mean, six is still a lot. It's a lot, and it's a lot of teams with talent. And yeah. It, yeah. Something to look at. So, I mean, I think you have to hold on to these guys. And, I mean, in week nine, if Ty Johnson hits, if J.D. McKissick hits... You could easily flip them to a team who's losing two running backs in week ten and oh, say, for "Hey, sure. yeah, give me give me a wide receiver or something like that." Hundred um, percent. Chase Edmonds, 
he is a fold for me. Yeah, um, I'm going to differ with you here. He's a hold for me. Um, he's hurt, but he's going to be back. David Johnson, same situation. Hurt, going to be back. But you saw Chase Edmonds produce while David Johnson was still healthy. So I'm going to hold on to him and wait for him to return and hope that he gets back to what he was doing. Um, I don't think Kenyon Drake or Alfred Morris pose any viable threat to his role once he's healthy again. It's a hamstring. He might lose a couple weeks out of it. But he's going to be back, and he can help you in fantasy playoffs if if your team is trending in that direction, if you can afford to stash him. Again, if you need to pick up a player, he's droppable because he's hurt. Nobody else is going to scramble to pick him up, most likely. But if you can afford to stash him, he does hold value in the future weeks. Yeah, I mean, if you if you can keep it, this is a soft fold for me. Yes, soft fold. Um, <laughs> if, if, you, if you have to drop him, I understand it. If you can keep him, I would absolutely keep him. My, you know... I, I'm a big believer in, you know, your actions speak louder than your words. And he was ruled out today. They traded for Kenyon Drake a day after. They they do not like what they see with this hamstring. However, Chase Edmonds has, is just oozing talent. I mean, this guy, I know he did not look good in a game against, um, who did they just play? Why is this blanking? They just played the Saints. Um, I know he didn't look good in that game. Um, but you saw him produce with David Johnson on the field weeks before that. I mean, he is a guy that I think Arizona wants to be on the field. So if in week 11, he comes out completely healthy. Like if I'm the Arizona Cardinals, I don't have him play against San Francisco on a short week with a hamstring. There's no reason for it. Then you go into your bye and you give him, you give this kid 14 days, 18 days to rest that hamstring. And then he comes out in week 11. He could absolutely crush it in week 11. So if you can hold on to him, absolutely. I would. Um, and uh, you know when Top Shelf Fantasy got in touch with him, he seemed like he was pretty uh, pretty confident he'd be back soon. So yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> he seemed pretty chipper about it. He said it's a slight hamstring injury. I'll be back. <laughs> he, was a, he was a good he was a good guy for that. Well, he, <laughs> Scotty's working on something, so we can we can get it up there. Um, Scotty's got him on a, on a fold uh, mainly because of the week ten buy. I have a feeling this is a soft fold for Scotty as well. Um, I mean, a guy this talented is really tough to let go, but if you have to, you have to. John Brown's on here. I, I think this is supposed to be in the wide receiver section, so let's just skip that. We'll drop him down there. <laughs> um, Ronald Jones is the guy I added here. I think a lot of people dropped him uh, going into the bye and then picked him up coming out of the bye. Um, I know, like, I know when teams come out of a bye, I'm very curious to see, like, when there's these running back situations or you know, the quarterback and, and the wide receiver on on the same page. You go you go into your bye week, you figure it out, and you come out and you're supposed to look better. This looked worse. <laughs> so if you you can cut Ronald Jones, in my opinion. I mean, I, I don't think he's even worth rostering in, in 12-team leagues. Yep, he's a fold for me. I don't want any part of that backfield as a whole. I don't want him. I don't want Peyton Barber. No interest. Yeah, and here's the thing. You can't start Ronald Jones even if, I, if he's on your team. So he's just wasting a roster spot. Uh, Matt Breida is the next guy. I think Breida is it absolutely. He's a stronghold for me. I know he's injured, and I know everybody's, you know, kissing Tevin Coleman's behind. But uh, Breida has always been a guy who's been on the field. Yes, he's left games early. Yes, he's he hasn't um, he hasn't really you know once Tevin Coleman came back, he hasn't really established himself on his own. But neither is Tevin Coleman. I mean, Breed is still getting the ball. So, I mean, again, going into week 10 with those bye weeks, this is a guy that you, I personally would hold on to. 
Yeah, he's a hold for me as well. You saw Tevin Coleman have his outburst last week. Uh, I obviously don't look for that every week. He's not going to have four touchdowns. So uh, three touchdowns, four touchdowns, whatever. He had a lot of touchdowns. Um, Matt Breedis is still carved out a role based on the way he runs the ball. He's a he's a very solid hold. I would still start him weekly. I mean, I would start Tevin Coleman and Matt Breedis in the same lineup confidently. You saw Emmanuel Sanders go there and maybe open up some more space for the running. Maybe that's why Coleman was so effective. I mean, 11 attempts for 105 yards, that's a lot of space to run in, but it's just as likely that Breida gets on the field for one of those big space attempts and breaks it for just as much. It's not so much a talent difference as it is an opportunity difference, and it just happens to be at random times when either guy's on the field. Yeah, and I think I talked about this in one of our uh, bold predictions as well with uh, Matt Breida and Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman is Go back and look at the bold prediction uh, podcast and write up, and I'll, I'll have to do the same, and maybe I'll have some stats on that because there were some interesting stats there. Um, all right, let's move over to the wide receivers. This I think we can run through pretty quickly. Well, yeah, Kiki let's just Cutie, do hold, fold, move on. He's a fold. Kiki fold is a fold. Easy. Uh, Brandon Cooks. Hold. He's a hold. Yeah, he's got a concussion. Don't worry about it. He'll be back eventually. He's a good player. Hold. Yep. Uh, DD. Hold. He's hurt, but he's been good when he's been healthy. He should be back. It's a shoulder injury. Yep, he's a hold for me as well. Kenny Stills. Hold. I still want to see what he can do with the absence of Will Fuller. Yep. Um, John Brown. Hold. He's wide receiver 20. Yeah. Um, I really don't know why this is in this. <laughs> um, all right, so here's here's some good ones. Auden Tate. Hold. Okay. Um, I know AJ Green's coming back. He's on a bye right now. So, again, maybe a soft hold because he's on a bye. If you need to drop somebody on your roster, drop the guy on a bye. You can try to pick him up next week if you really want him. But I think with AJ Green coming back and Tyler Boyd on the other side, you have Alden Tate who's showed that he can work out of the slot, work out of the outside. He's versatile. He's quick. He's big. He's effective. I think he keeps that role over our next guy, Alex Erickson. So I'm going to hold Auden Tate, and I'm going to fold Alex Erickson. Yeah, so I'm the same. I'm a, okay. I'm a soft hold on Auden Tate. Um, strong fold on Allen Erickson. Yep. Um, <laughs> all right, the three Green Bay wide receivers. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just going to do my three real quick. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lazard, he's a fold. MVS is a hold. Geronimo is a fold. Agreed. Okay. I uh, Once Devontae Adams comes back, the only other viable receiver is MVS. You yep. fold Allison, you fold Lazard because they have no value. Um, that's yep. it. I mean, okay. Darius Shepard, <laughs> if you want to throw him in there, fold him too if, if, you, if you have him on your roster for some reason. Yeah, I mean, there's two guys I'd hold on to. In the Who's yeah, Kumaro, full Kumaro. MVS, yeah, Kumaro <laughs> and I don't know. How, anyway. Um, all right, so the Titans wide receivers, Corey Davis, A.J. Brown. I'm a hold on both of them. Like, yeah. very strong hold on Strong both hold. Them. Corey Davis had a down week. A.J. Brown, I think, had like seven points. So you might call that like a decent week for him. He caught a touchdown. Oh, so that was it. Okay. but <laughs> So one catch for a touchdown. But you saw Jonah Smith come in and take a lot of the work that they might have been getting in past weeks. However, they're going to have fine performances. They're playing, I think, Carolina this week. So a tough matchup. But then after that, their schedule gets a little bit easier. So, for now, hold them. I think Corey Davis has the talent. AJ Brown, AJ Brown has the talent. You don't cut these guys, not yet. Yeah, you have to. You have to keep them. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, hold. He's had a couple of bum weeks, but you hold yeah. him. Yeah, I, I'm 100 hold on Larry Fitzgerald. I think he's a perfect buy low candidate because I think he comes back. Uh, Jamison Crowder, hold. Yeah, I'm target shared. 
Uh, Robbie Anderson, hold. I'm holding him. Jacoby Myers. Oh, he's a tough one for me. I love the kid. I, I love the way he plays. It seems like he has great hands, but he's a fold for me. Um, just because Nikhil Harry is due back soon. Muhammad Sanu dominated the snap count over him last week. He has to be a fold, especially because there are better players out there that you can replace him with. And that's all it boils down to. Right. And, ooh, excuse me, these guys that we just ran through from top to bottom, from Kiki to Robbie Anderson – they're all getting dropped like crazy. Yeah, it's so wild. you drop Jacoby Myers for one of these guys, and Corey nailed it on the head. It's a snap count that's concerning with Jacoby right now. So the other thing, if we can go back real quick with Jamison Crowder, he's being dropped in leagues, which makes no sense. He has a twenty three point three percent target share on the year. He's seeing yeah. a quarter of the targets <laughs> from one guy. That like, how do you drop him? It makes no sense. I don't. Right. I don't. On to the tight ends. <laughs> the tight ends. Um. Vance McDonald, I, I mean, if you're holding on to Vance McDonald now, I mean, I guess keep holding on to him. I don't know what you're looking for. Yeah, if you, I guess if you desperately, desperately need a tight end in the, and you just neglected to pick one up at any point this season <laughs> and you need to keep holding on to him, I guess you have to. But for any person, it, he's, he's got to be a fold. Like, oh, he's 100% a fold. <laughs> he's, had, he's had one game this year over, let's see, five points. In that game, he went for 19.3. Besides that, he has 5 on the dot, 1.5, 0, 4.9, 1, and 3.4, and a bye week. He's not – and he's 56% owned. <laughs> I don't understand. So if you go and check out our waiver article, I go after Yahoo owners pretty hard for their 23% ownership of uh, Sam Darnold. If you don't have Sam Darnold and you have Vance McDonald on your roster, just make that switch for me right now because Vance McDonald is useless. Get rid of him. Now, yeah. now he's going to score 80 this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, start Vance McDonald um, TJ Hawkinson? I'm holding him. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. Um, this is kind of pro- probably going to undercut my entire argument about Vance McDonald because of the one game that I'm going to hold TJ Hawkinson on. But he's a rookie tight end. I cut rookie tight ends a lot of slack because they're still adjusting to the NFL, to blocking, to the size, to the speed. These guys are guys th- that throughout their careers and their entire lives have just been absolutely dominant on a football field that are kind of getting a wake-up call when they show up to the NFL. And I think you see some of the nervousness and some of the drops that TJ's given you this season. But the offense seems to be clicking. Kenny Galladay seems to be getting touches. Marvin Jones seems to be uh, getting open downfield. All that's going to serve to do is open up space for TJ Hawkinson in the future. The problem is he doesn't have a very favorable schedule down the line. So if you want to fold him, I understand, but for now he's a hold for me. Yeah, I, so I'm going to fold him just because he hasn't returned you any production at all, um, and I think that there's guys out there that you should be looking at um, over TJ. I mean, he's 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 likely in that 15 to 18 range from a ranking perspective. Yeah. So in any any player's particular case, I can understand having to hold him because there's literally nobody else out there for you to pick up. Yep. Um, but TJ Hawkinson right now is a, is a fold for me. Zach Ertz. Yeah, Zach uh, Ertz. <laughs> what happened? It's such a letdown. I mean, you saw him set a record for uh, catches last year for tight ends, and now this year he's disappeared, I guess. I mean, he's had a couple of good games in there. Don't get me wrong. He's probably still a top several tight end. He's definitely in the top 10 of tight ends. Yeah. So 
For me, I'm going to hold him based on, and this is one of those times where I hate to admit it, but I'm holding him based on name and based on what I think he can do. The same way you hold an Odell Beckham every single week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is, and I get it, it. It's a fun discussion to have because Zach Ertz is like making his way into unstartable conversations, right? I mean, I've talked about this before that um, Carson Wentz is just looking for a guy who's open on the field. And that guy right now is Dallas Goddard. Yeah, Dallas Goddard, you've seen take a lot of the touches that you would otherwise see go to Zach Ertz. And I think uh, Craig was the first one to hit it on the head and say, hey, watch out for Dallas Goddard. He's going to take some, uh, take a lot of this work. And he's been absolutely right. Yeah. Um, I'm I, So I'm going to hold Zach, Zach Ertz. Just I'm because he's, he's, he's talented. But we're getting into that conversation where he might be an O.J. Howard. And this is a position that honestly, if you're not getting, you know, eight to 12 points from this player on a consistent, even more than that. I mean, 10 to 12 points you, you're wanting from your tight end. If you're not getting that from a name like Zach Ertz, shop him on name and get a running back or a wide receiver. I was just going to say that exactly. You should be looking to trade Zach Ertz now. If you're holding him, look to trade him because your trade deadline is probably next week. Right. So find the team with the weakest tight end, take their second best running back, and if you, even if you have to package Zach Ertz and some you know filler player, I would do a two for one for uh you know a wider I mean a running back top twenty. Yeah, I mean if you can get a top twenty running back for a package with Zach Ertz, one hundred percent, I would I would do that. Um, Gerald Everett. So I put him on here only because this is a tight end who, while he's been inconsistent, he has given you some some decent fantasy uh, production, but he's going into his bye week. So, and that's the thing. Do you hold a tight end like this through his bye week? Yeah, a volatile tight end through his bye week who then phases Pittsburgh, Chicago, Baltimore, Arizona, Seattle, Dallas, San Francisco, Arizona, the end of the year. Fold him. Yep, he's a fold for me as well. Tough schedule. <laughs> All right, so that was that was an easy one. Um, that was hold him, fold him. That was hold him, fold him. So we're going to move on to confidence boost. These, you know, it's these are players that... After the week, we sat back and said, okay, I'm okay with this player. We were we were nervous with them going into the week or just overall um, last few weeks, and now we're kind of sitting there saying, all right, things, things have gotten better. I'm not freaking out so much. So, Corey. Yeah, much better. Um, a guy that we were super low on for a few weeks there. I mean, a lot of the top shelf experts were considering him droppable for sure. Uh, Jared Goff. I have as my confidence boost of the week. He returned 22.88 points in our standard half-point PPR league. Um, You're seeing him return to close to what he was producing last year. You know, he's going for close to 300. Well, he went for 372 last week, 268 the week before that. He's getting in the end zone with a couple touchdowns both weeks. He's throwing at a a good amount of volume, but not overdoing it, like when he's throwing 70 passes against uh, Tampa a few weeks back. But to see him bounce back after the abysmal performance in San Francisco, and again, trust me, I realize he played Atlanta and Cincinnati, and he has that same schedule I just talked about with Gerald Everett coming up, but he has to throw the ball to somebody. He has to throw the ball. Todd Gurley and the offense have been running it less than ever. I have a lot more faith in Jared Goff now than I had a couple weeks ago, so he was my easy pick for a confidence boost of the week. I think you might see him creep up into – quarterback like top 10 within the next week or two 
Yeah, I mean, Jared Goff has all the weapons around him. I mean, we're folding him because he wasn't producing like the player that you drafted him to be. And I mean, it was it was bad. It was, it was but bad. But he's turned it around very quickly. Um, yeah, so, now, now he's giving you quarterback one numbers week right, in, week exactly. out. Um, Scotty's is David Montgomery. And my God, I could not have been more wrong on a sit. <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't know what happened. I completely missed that Nagy was taking over the play calling. And then he, he must have heard me because Montgomery had 27 rushing attempts to seven the week before. He put up, I don't know, what, 23 fantasy points. Um, the one good thing out of this, too, is that now we know we can trust Matt Nagy. If he comes out and says, I'm not an idiot, I'm going to run the ball more, okay, yeah. I believe you. If he tells me next week he's going to go and throw to Allen Robinson more, I'm going to play Allen Robinson <laughs> in every lineup I can find. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to be said for what Maggie said and then his actions, right? So, I mean, actions speak louder than words. He gave, he gave the ball to Montgomery. He absolutely did. So, I, I think... This is a good spot for David Montgomery to have some sort of confidence boost if you're a Montgomery owner. Um, my confidence boost is in Adrian Peterson. I know that it's not really the sexy pick, but I I am in a league right now where I I had a I had a I had a bad draft, um, and you know I lost Lamar Miller. You know I I couldn't sit around and wait for Miles Sanders to have the explosion that he had in Week Eight and in Week One. So I was making some moves, and I ended up filling my roster up with the Adrian Petersons, the Carlos Hides. Adrian Peterson, over the last two weeks, has faced two of the toughest, or two of two of the top three, top four, top five defenses in the league, and he's, I mean, he's he's produced flex numbers. And we're talking earlier about you know who could you take like a Zach Ertz and package him with? If you have Zach Ertz and Adrian Peterson, you could package those two players together. And go out and get an RB too. There's no reason why you shouldn't be. Uh, Adrian Peterson has another tough matchup this week. Then he goes and hits his bye. But after that, it clears up. Uh, Adrian Peterson, for the tough matchups that he's had, the adversity that he's overcome uh, from the beginning of the year, I like everything that I'm seeing. Now, granted, he's not getting you 20 to 30 points a week. But he's getting you, you know, 9 11, 12 points. If I can get that from a flex spot, I'm happy. Yeah, like you said, in the last three weeks, he's averaging over 11 points, and he hasn't found the end zone. So fantastic volume and production out of just yardage alone. He's also catching passes out of the backfield with the absence of Chris Thompson. Since Chris Thompson has gone down, you've seen Adrian Peterson be incredibly valuable. And I mean, he does have a tough matchup with Buffalo, then the bye, but then he gets into the Jets in Detroit, then back to Carolina, He's got some tough to intermediate matchups, but he already did damage against San Francisco and Minnesota. So right. he's out there. He's running angry, and that's what you like to see. Yeah, I mean, that's. I think that's where my confidence comes in is that everybody sits here and says, yeah, he's old and decrepit. It's like, go, you, you know, you see Adrian Peterson and you see 36. That's all you see. Go yeah. look at numbers and go look at that. And then if Trent Williams can somehow come back onto the field, I mean, this was a thousand yard rusher with Trent Williams. I mean, I, I would imagine. And this, it, I'm just going to throw this in here because people are rushing to go get Darius guys. I do not see Darius guys coming back. I, 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 have I don't a very know why you time. rush him. I, I don't either. And they have, so he, he, they're saying he can be back to practice, what, next week? Next week. And then they have two weeks to make a determination on whether or not he can be 
if they if they want to actually take him off the injured reserve or keep him on, I I have a hard time seeing him come back in a season that's just lost. Yeah, you're not gonna win the East. You're not gonna get a wild card spot more than likely. Why rush a guy back who has been hurt a lot? Yeah. You know, let him get to full health. And then he's hope your for the future best. running back. So I mean, supposed to be, well, supposed to be. Yeah. Then Bryce Love takes his spot. Bryce Dice. Love, how you doing? One moment here. <laughs> Just uh, had to crack into another treehouse. The last of the batch from the old trip up to or trip down to Charlton. Uh, yeah, we'll go back soon. But this is a another haze. Figured it was the best way to go out with one of the best uh, treehouse beers. If anybody in treehouse is listening to this, please send us some treehouses. <laughs> we, we need them desperately. Yeah, we're we're out, and I'll join join Corey on that crack. I'm drinking a uh, Mongo. It's a double IPA. Um, oh, where's this out of Port Brewing Company? It's is that it's not bad. I don't I don't mind it. I first had it and I, I said eh. Sometimes the doubles rub me the wrong way, but sometimes I really really like them. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, that's a double. Yeah, Haze is a double. Haze is fantastic. Um, all right, so our biggest letdowns of week nine. Yeah, biggest letdowns. Uh, Ty Gee, Johnson. I why, Corey. <laughs> Ty Johnson was not worth the $51 FAAB bid that I put on him. Uh, 4.3 points, 7 attempts, 25 yards. Was not impressed. Trey Carson had more carries. I think he had 12 carries. He had like 34 yards, so he was equally terrible. And J.D. McKissick was equally, equally as terrible. So... The entire Detroit Lion backfield should be my letdown of the week, but Ty Johnson specifically for my personal circumstance, based on what he was projected to do and the role that we anticipated him having and what you likely spent to get him on your team, was not worth it. He did not pan out. Like I said earlier, though, he's still a hold for me. I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna give him one more week. We'll revisit him next week, and if he's a bum again, I will drop him quickly and efficiently. I've actually already traded him in one of my other leagues, <laughs> but if you can get the right return for him, trade him. He's a letdown. I don't know what the stability of that Detroit backfield is going to look like going forward. I don't think anybody. I don't even think the coaching staff knows what the backfield is going to look like going forward. I expected them to be one of the players in in uh, before the trade deadline, and that didn't quite play out either. So, yeah, biggest letdown. Ty Johnson, don't let me catch you on the street, homeboy. <laughs> yeah, he was, a, he was a big waiver pickup, so I think a lot of people feel let down by Ty Johnson. Scotty's uh, is Chase Edmonds. Um, I had Chase Edmonds as a start last week. Um, and, you know, I, I could sit here and say, well, he got injured. But he did nothing on the field before he got hurt. So the three quarters of the two and a half quarters that you got out of him, he didn't do anything with it. So... Big letdown with DJ uh, not being there. The NFL's an opportunity league. If you're not on the field, you have no opportunity. And, I mean, that's – I know the hamstrings are finicky little pitches, but it's, you know, it, it, it's just unfortunate that that happens. And I, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with Chase Edmonds or he let us down for any reason, but it's just the situation was so perfect for Chase Edmonds to take over, and it just didn't happen. And I think what likely happens in a lot of those situations with hamstrings are that he saw his chance to seize this job and was running as hard as he possibly could. Like all those coaches that used to tell you, you know, go 95%, keep it to 95%. He was pushing it to 110, and he blew a hammy. 
You know, you push it too hard. You saw your opportunity, and now you've wasted your opportunity because Kenyon Drake's going to come in. <laughs> Just yeah, kidding. And I mean, and this is my biggest knock with Darius Geis. I mean, this kid could have easily been the second best running back coming out of the draft, but he runs so violently that he's. <laughs> Just hurting himself. Yep. Um, and so you're right. I mean, that, that absolutely. If Kenny Drake's a thing, I'm gonna <laughs> puke. Um, he won't be. My biggest, my my biggest letdown is Corey Davis. Um, I thought it was a perfect situation uh, against Tampa Bay. They have a crappy defense. They have a high scoring offense, or they should have a high scoring offense. Um, and you know, I figured Tannehill would would look his way more often. Um, and that just didn't really happen. I'm still on the Corey Davis train. I mean, I, I still think Corey Davis is the guy. I mean, he's still got six targets. He only had two catches. A.J. Brown got the touchdown. A.J. Brown, without a touchdown, did just as much as Corey Davis. So if you're sitting there saying, you know, Corey Davis, uh, he let me down. I'm going to cut him. That That's wrong. But he was a big letdown for me just because I expected way bigger of a game. Yeah, definitely a letdown, but like you said, definitely still a hold for me. Um, I, I mean, I don't think I've been shy about my my feelings about this um, Tennessee offense, but yeah, not what you expected. He came off a huge week the week before. You wanted to see a minimum of like eight points out of him. I think more, probably closer to ten. Yep, I would have been happy with that. <laughs> Five six catches for eighty yards, or and so. it said he you know might as well lady a goose egg two, two for nine. Yeah, did nothing. <laughs> um, Huge letdown, but I do think, uh, you know, I don't know what to call it. Better, greener pastures lie ahead. I hope so. Hopefully. Yes. And, and I think so, too. I mean, even looking at his schedule, I mean, there's, he's got Carolina, Kansas City, he goes into his bye, and then it's Jacksonville, Indy, Oakland, Houston, New Orleans. Plenty of opportunity so, I mean, for there's, good games. There's some good opportunity there. Um, we absolutely destroyed this time limit. I thought this was going to be like a 20, 30 minute podcast and I, I'm trying to talk about as much as we possibly can. Turns uh, out me and Tom can, uh, five minutes, <laughs> tell a tale real quick. Um, so yeah, so that's it. You want me to take us out or you want to take it? I'll put you on the spot on the podcast. You want me to go? <laughs> yeah, I'll take it out. You let, you let me know if I miss anything. I don't do a lot of these outros, but, uh, you know, we're Top Shelf Fantasy. Wanted to make sure that you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Top Shelf FNTSY. Make sure you follow us on Instagram or check out our website at TopShelfFantasy.com. Uh, this has been Top Shelf Fantasy for Tom and Corey. Stay fluid. Stay loose. Whoa.